When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, not only with Gray Albright, as usual, I'm actually also here with Ian Kahn, a famous actor, the defining portrayal <laughs> of the father of our country, George Washington. Welcome to the show, Ian Kahn. How are you, man? Uh, thank you, my laugh. friend. I didn't mean it's to fair. laugh when he said famous. I didn't mean to laugh when he said famous actor. It's, I didn't mean to laugh. Did it's you hear fair. Laugh? I bad. did. It's fair, though. I, it's fair. You as you what? will. As you will. You know, here's the funny. Famous, speaking of famous actors, our last famous actor we had on the podcast was Betsy Brand from Breaking Bad. Um, purple. She was good. Purple. Too. Purple. Yeah, Purple Wife. Uh, we had her on, and at the time, none of us had seen Breaking Bad. We were just like, "So, uh, Betsy, what's it, where are you? Where are you from?" <laughs> the worst interview ever. Before we interviewed Jose Canseca, who ended up hanging up on us after 10 seconds. But anyway, welcome to the podcast, man. It's well, thank you. Finally, it's good to finally talk to you, even though you call me every three days on the phone, which <laughs> is like, I have my, my phone list is you, Craig Mish, and my mom. That's my entire phone, like well, 25 calls. That's it. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, uh, I, we hadn't spoken in a while. Um, and then I guess it was like three days ago, I, I came out of a early morning political meeting that was very intense. And then I had this intense situa- family issue and I walked out and I was like, I need a giggle, man. I need to talk to somebody who's going to make me laugh. And there's only one clown in the United States of America <laughs> who would satisfy in that moment. And it is it is you, you freaking child, Gray Albright. <laughs> <laughs> you freaking child who after all these years of being one of the top fantasy baseball players in this country, loud mouths in this country, has yet, yet, like a child, to figure out how to make his sound system work. Um, and, and I was saying that there is a, which is, which is, I was listening, what happened was I was listening to you and Ralph on the Razball podcast, and I was listening to Ralph, who sounds like a freaking professional, and the reason I called you was to say, you freaking child, and I didn't use the word freaking, I used the other word, you freaking child, I will buy you a microphone to stop wasting everybody's time with your terrible sound. And what was brilliant about that was, as we discussed at the time, was we hadn't spoken in like two weeks. I mean, you could talk about how we talk every three days, you're like, you know, but, but the reality is we hadn't talked in a good long time, and I was like, I need a laugh i'm calling gray albright because he's a clown so i call albright and it goes right to voicemail i'm like ah oh, look at that guy mr big shot mr big shot writer gray albright hey, look at me 
I'm Gray Albright. I'm better than everybody. <laughs> he doesn't even pick up. He goes right to voicemail like a freaking child. And then at the same freaking moment, he's calling me on my phone to say, hey, dude. <laughs> There's a little bit of providence there. There's a little bit of ex- excitement there. Man, no, did you really? Right. See, still, still, no one can hear him. We I saw sp- you calling, bro. This is how. Let me explain to you how phones work, like super fast, because we really got to get into fancy baseball stuff. But I'm gonna explain to you how phones operate. You call someone, you see the person is calling. Well, you. why didn't you, you, you say that on the phone? I didn't know that. I was all excited. I was like, oh, it's like a moment from. He's like, hee hee hee. Anyway. I haven't called anyone on the phone in literally seven years. This is like the first time I've well, ever called it was, anyone. It was fun, and you provided, you provided as you do on your podcast, even with your terrible sound, Ralph's excellent sound. You provided uh, a, a big laugh to me and Can got I me through. You? Kind of a I tricky moment, so I appreciate you're, it. You're saying that I'm a child, which is totally accurate. I am I'm so <laughs> petulant. But let me explain to you just quite how petulant I am. So in Tower Wars, they had a write-up on Baseball Prospectus about all the fab pickups for the week. And the one person that they didn't mention <laughs> was me. So, of course, you know I had to go and comment to all the Baseball Prospectus people and be like, so the one guy you don't mention is the guy in first place? I don't know. Maybe his fab buy might be a little bit interesting. Possibly. I don't know. I had to, I got I lost it. I lost it for like ten minutes and then I reeled it back in and I was like, you know what? It's not even worth it's not worth it. It's cool. It's all good. <laughs> I know. Even though I've been in first place for literally fourteen of the last fifteen months, it's cool. It's all right. It's oh, not a man. keeper league either. It just keeps rolling. Yeah, but it's rolling. it's early. It's early yet. It's early yet. Just just yeah. it, 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 yeah, it'll it it, it'll be all right, Greg. Speaking it, of uh, <laughs> of tout people, uh, Jeff Zimmerman from Fangraphs, he actually he tweeted something today. I retweeted it. It was really it was it was smart because he said something like. Right now in the baseball season is the equivalent to one game of the football season. Yeah, one point five games. Into the season we are. Like yeah. it's so ridiculously early still. Like everybody that you think is garbage right now can turn it around and still have an amazing year. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, guys can be bad for another month and a half. And, and have an amazing year. And I wanted, I failed to mention this before, but if you don't know, uh, Ian isn't just a, a, a guest of the show because of his notoriety uh, with acting. He's obviously uh, also a well-known, I guess, fantasy baseball content producer. You do some writing over on Rotowire. Um, you know, you have the Under the Radar podcast that just came out over on The Athletic. Uh, that's an excellent listen. That's with uh, Derek Van Ripper. And uh, Nando DeFino, who obviously uh, is one of the more well-known podcasters, and I think just you know content folks in the fantasy industry. So thank you, man. Yeah, yeah we're having to kind of introduce that too. As thank well. you, I appreciate you're... it. I mean, I do the dynasty. Uh, I'm a dynasty contributor over at RotoWire. I got to uh, know James Anderson quite well, who is uh, you know my brother and brother in arms, and he brought me. He and Clay Link brought me on to RotoWire. Um, so I could do that. And then uh, Nando and I have been talking about doing a, po- a podcast and uh, and it all worked out because he's over at The Athletic now. And I'm, I'm really excited and uh, having a great time. It's it's a fun show. Uh, Derek and, and I are old buds from RotoWire and uh, Nando is, uh, you know, so I always call him. He's like the Robert De Niro of the fantasy baseball world. He's just sort of like, you know, he's like a chill, cool leading man. Um, and he does a, so it's really, we're having a good time. We just started. It was our first episode was this past Wednesday and we're already uh, starting our rundown for this Wednesday and the opportunity to be on with Gray Albright and Ralph Lifshitz. It was, uh, to help promote that and hang out with you guys for an hour, uh, was, uh, I'm very grateful to do it and happy to be here with you guys. Yeah. And and you're also, I I I stepped away for a second. Did you mention that you drafted Elvis Andrews? That, I did. That- I did. Thank goodness I did. That was the funny. That was one of the. That was one of a very funny moment at uh, Foley's where uh, Gray was going through my team right after the twelve team draft that uh, Ralph and I play in the head to head, and Gray's like looking through the team. He's like, "Great, love it. Great, great pick. Great pick. Elvis Andrews, you're an idiot. You're the stupidest mother effing guy in the world." 
And I'm like, well, yeah, but I need a short. It doesn't matter. You need a shortstop. You're better off getting Nick Ahmed for a dollar than Elvis Andrews for nine. What are you nuts? You're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, yeah, all right. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Finer moments. Yeah. So no, then I. I my procrastinate, my, uh, my my procra- my procrastinating, my uh, procra- pro uh, prognosticating is amazing, as well as my pronunciations. <laughs> prognosticating, <laughs> an expert in prognostication and pronunciation. So this made me laugh. See the thing about Gray Albright, yeah, he's crazy. I mean, he's insane. He's an effing child. I'm and still here. I, I know. Yeah, you're still here. Same stuff I say to you on the phone, except I use worse words. Um, but but. Um, so he, I call him up. He, this made me laugh so hard. So it was the first day of the uh, of the season. Andrews hits a home run, right? Yeah, I think he goes like three for four with a dinger, a double, a single. It like scored me like eleven points in this head-to-head league that we do. I write to Gray. I'm like Elvis Andrews, like I put that in uh, in capital letters, and he writes back, "Sell now." <laughs> I showed it to my wife. I was like, "This dude's funny. He's insane. He's an effing child, but he's funny." So, I'm such a child. You it's are, so man. Funny. You're a child. You are. I am. I am an. I'm a, a. I'm an only child. B. I don't oh, have God. any children. Oh God. I mean, I am literally the only kid in like my entire extended family, like from my dad's side and my mom's <laughs> side. Like it's like I was doted on. From like the moment I came out the vagina, it was just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, raise him up to the sun and watch how he gets so tan because I'm Italian and from Jersey, so we tan there. And Italian like, and Jewish. Uh, You're Italian yeah, Jewish. So You're a pizza I bagel. I am a pizza bagel. I That's correct. Well. I'll even claim um, half of you because I'm a. I, a I, I, I will take half of you. Did you convert? Did I convert? No, I'm a full-fledged man of the tribe. I've been a man of the tribe from birth. Someone I'm, uh... converted, though. Did your wife convert? Yes, that's right. We don't talk about uh, that. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, we can. I'm not offended. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. But, uh, but no, but my kids are pizza bagels, though. Um, just just like you, except they're not yeah. so goaded upon. It makes a lot of sense. See, one of the things, Ralph and I were talking about this earlier when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on the show, and one of the things that fascinates me about fantasy baseball, baseball, is watching baseball players and seeing how they engage with their lives, right? Because the, psycholo- the psychological part of the game is, is as interesting to me in some ways as the physical part of the game. Oh, so, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. I realize you felt that way. I I totally feel the same way. And like when people talk about how uh, a hitter or a pitcher, it's like, oh, uh, you know, their their uh, exit velocities or their Babbitt or blah blah blah. But I'm like, well, I mean, if a hitter's going well, there's a lot of confidence that comes with that, and that and that feeds itself. Like it's not necessarily end all be all i'm not saying like the mental aspect is it like if a guy's hitting he's just going to keep hitting because then a guy will hit a thousand for the year so obviously that's not the case but when a guy is hitting well or Mm -hmm. pitching well there's a certain amount of confidence that comes with that and that's like i always talk about this on the site with like uh, especially in shallower leagues you have to chase these guys that are going well like right now like there's certain guys who i'm like well uh you know uh, Manny Margot had a good weekend, so you know if if the if the Padres show some faith in him and he's hitting leadoff and he's got a little confidence, he's hitting over 300 right now. It's like, well, maybe that you know rolls into a month of hitting well and staying at the top of the lineup and doing you know like so. It's like always I I look at that so much about like how well guys have been doing over the last like seven days or something i i feel like that gets a lot that gets dropped a lot by people looking at like babbitt and xfip and exit velocity and all these other all that stuff all that stuff has a place for sure and there's a lot of information that comes out of there but the the maybe the secret sauce maybe the secret sauce is that extra little bit um and getting back to the point which is you being an effing child now we (laughs) Now we understand. No, 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 no. We're sticking with that because then we'll wrap up on this and we can start talking about love joy. But until then, the, now we find out not only are you an only child, but 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 
you have no choice. So you get to be the child, and that's why you are the way you are. And you do make me laugh. Sell now. And it will not come as a surprise to you that my my wife is a cougar. So I just ended up marrying another maternal figure. It was just basically like, who can take care of me for the rest of my life? Um, Here's an older woman who can no longer have kids. This is perfect. Oh, my God. And we're all in. Yeah, and we're all in. Though, unfortunately, yeah, no, this is like a, a, an afternoon with Grace Shrink. Unfortunately, yeah, though, <laughs> that then became like my mom stopped calling, and because my mom used to call me every day and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, just to say what's up, because an Italian mother, you know, dotes. So uh, after like being married for a couple of years, my mom stopped calling. So I said to like uh, Coops, I was like. <laughs> You realize you've hurt my relationship with my mother. <laughs> so oh this is gosh. now an ongoing thing with me and my wife. I'm like, you're kind of coming between my mother and I. So. Oh, man. This really is, Ralph, this is turning into, Gray, after the show, you and I can have a nice long conversation about the, 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 the discourse between mother and wife, if you'd like. However, I am still, because you're an effing child who cannot figure out how to make a microphone work, I'm going to buy you a Blue Yeti. It is going to come out of my pocket. I'm going to send it to you, and, and the tens of thousands of people who enjoy your Razzball show are going to enjoy it that much more. Oh, you're a good person. I yeah, well, uh, well, speaking of uh, Gray's Oedipal Complex, I really <laughs> want to go to a Red Sox game in the next couple of weeks. If you ever need tickets for that or anything else, make sure that you go and you check out our sponsor, SeatGeek. For a long time, I've been buying tickets, and it's been really difficult and annoying. Um, you know, I try to go to as many games as I possibly can. With all these, you know, big companies who really don't care about the customer, and I think, you know, one of the things you see with SeatGeek is, you know, all the tickets are verified. It's really easy to use. Uh, Gray, I know you have the SeatGeek app on your phone. Uh, what tickets are you yeah, no, buying right now? Because you're always going to stuff. Because, you know. Yeah, you no, no when you started doing that uh, SeatGeek promo, I opened up my app and I pulled up SeatGeek. And it looks like I can get three tickets to go see BTS at the Rose Bowl, the hottest new K-pop group. And you know I'm there. I'm going to take Cougs. We're going to love it. We're, uh, we're only about a half hour from downtown. Uh, so it should be a good time. Wow, only $700 a ticket. That's a pretty good deal. Why don't you tell people about the promo code? Yeah, so uh, you get $10 off if you're one of our listeners. And you download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code RAZMLB, R-A-Z-Z-M-L-B. And uh, you get your $10 off today. Great. Why don't you buy three tickets, fly your mom out from New York, and why don't you guys <laughs> patch it up? All right. All three of you, the family together, figure it out. You know, this is all you got. Best night of my life. You don't understand. Yeah. Like, my mom's coming out for Mother's Day in a month, and she's like, uh, well, we're going to come out. And, uh, and she's, of course, and my stepfather's coming with her, but. I, I did try and see if my mom would just come by herself. <laughs> Ooh, this is getting very edible, man. I'm telling you. I'm, there is something here. My mom's a fox. No, all right, all right. Let's talk Dr. Khan. No, I'm out. I'm out on my mom's a fox. I'm <laughs> that laugh. That laugh is funny, man. That laugh is funny. That's all right. All right, so. Um, the show became undone. All right, so let's jump into some waiver wire ads here. Um, I kind of, you know, scour the waiver wire. These are the biggest ads on fan tracks over the last week that haven't already been talked at uh, about ad nauseum on our show over the last three weeks. So I'm going to kick out some names here, and I kind of want to go back and forth between the two of you and just, you know, get your general thoughts. I'll start with Gray. Brady Galvis, Toronto Blue Jays. Galvis is one of these guys that, like, you know, he's never great, obviously, but (laughs) <laughs> deeper leagues he kind of sneaky gets your counting stats i mean he's had you know some 2020 seasons right uh well almost yeah no he had a 20 homer 17 uh steel season about oh, okay uh three years ago maybe uh yeah no, i like uh i don't you know i don't actually i put in a bid for freddie galvez in a uh 15 team league where it was a thousand dollar fab i think i put in like 21 dollars and I lost him to someone else. I think went up to like thirty. Um, mm. So I was I was a little disappointed. I didn't get him. I ended up getting Austin Dean, which is 
uh, may not work out. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I, I mean, Freddie Galvez, I feel like is exactly like we were talking about before. He seems like he's hitting with a uh, bug up his ass right now. It's uh, Oddly enough, he had played two seasons in a row, like uh, 162 games back-to-back in seasons, and they sat him like maybe fourth or fifth game of the season. And ever since then, He's been playing like a man on the mission. Now, I don't know if it has anything to do with that. I Maybe. Maybe that sparked something in him. So now he's like, uh, you know, he's decided to hit. I don't think there's a, like a ton here. I mean, right now his Babbitt's near 400. He's hitting 351. He's really a 250 hitter. He's got a little bit of pop, like you said earlier. 20 homers even feels like a high-end form probably closer to 15 homer, maybe 10 steals, best case scenario, probably closer to like six to eight. Um, but I, there's no reason until, I guess, who, who Bo, is Bo or B- Biggio? Biggio, who's taking no, over for Bichette. Galvez? No, no, it's Bo Bichette. So, but he's, so Bo, but he's, so eventually. He's not going to be up yet. Right, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Up. No, I wasn't, I wasn't saying he's going to push him in June. Special. I'm just yeah. saying eventually, you know, down the road, maybe September or something. But right, for right now, I feel like Freddie Galvez is totally fine to throw in your MI spot in a – 14 team deep or deeper and 12 team and it kind of depends on your situation like in uh our rcl league 12 team mixed league i picked up uh jose peraza off of waivers which i thought was shocking i was surprised he was dropped in a 12 team league so freddie galvez could be dropped in a 12 teamer i would pick him up there for like a week or two while he's hitting sure step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I had him in TGFBI. He's helped me out over the last uh, week or two. I got him pretty cheap, but yeah. Another guy that's helped me in TGFBI because my entire team is hurt. And all of a sudden, Surgeon Gray, I'm feeling good. Might be the only time my team is good all season. Uh, Chad Pinder. Um, I know we've talked about him a couple of times. It's really an issue of him getting into the lineup all the time. I'm going to kick it over to you, Ian. Um, what are your general thoughts on on Pinder? I don't think we've actually spoke about him before. I mean, Pinder, he's really doing the job lately. I mean, if we look at him over the course of the last couple of weeks, and there was a, a, when Morales came over in that trade, there was the sense that there was some talk of moving Profar over to first, giving Pinder a little bit more time, maybe Pinder filling in at first perhaps and and getting some time. The guy can hit the baseball. Uh, Another guy that we were just talking, you were just talking about with um, Freddie Galvis. I kind of like Galvis. Um, he's a guy who, when he was first coming up in Philly, he had a couple of good seasons, good solid seasons. And when guys have something like that and they sort of grow into their, uh, grow into the profession um, and get better, uh, they, you know, we James Anderson and I picked him up in a 20 team in our 20 team league that we play in together, Ralph, yeah. um, in RDI. We picked him up uh, two weeks ago as well, and uh, he's been a, a nice little value for us. So. You know, I like both of these guys, certainly in deeper leagues. I would even consider Galvis in a, in a 12-team league. I'm not sure if he was picked up in tout this week. I don't, I don't, I did not put in for him because I had grabbed Swanson the week before. Um, but it, he's certainly in the conversation. Was, yeah. He's certainly in the conversation to be picked up in, in all formats. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's kind of the case with both of these guys. But the thing that's nice about Galvis is Galvis is going to get a significant amount of playing time. I don't see them calling up Bichette for a little bit. Um yeah. Bender still had 52 at bats, but I, I know that he gets benched a little more than than I would like. You know, it's it, it's probably what at least two times that he, you know he sits a week, if not more. Um, but the Statcast that has always been good on him. He's he's had he's been a guy that's had you know good exit velocities, you know good barrel per per play uh, per batted ball event numbers. So I've always liked Pinder a little bit. Great. What's going on with the resurgence of uh, Jason Hayward, man? Like, what year is it? Yeah, uh, well, here's like here's the thing I feel like with Hayward on a, a big picture type thing. I personally think 
Hayward has like a 5% chance of getting back to where he was five years ago. Like, really slim chance. But for that slim chance, I think he's worth picking up. I like I don't think anyone else has quite the kind of upside that he has that's just like lingering around on waivers. Like I, I think Hayward mm-hmm. is a flyer, a gamble, not necessarily like I, I'm not I'm not putting money I'm not putting a ton of money on him that he's gonna break out and get back to the, like that, you know, twenty twenty Hayward that we saw like seven years ago. I don't I don't necessarily think that. But I do think he's really like lowered his case like a tremendous amount now we're talking still a small sample so you know take it or leave it on how much you want to uh you know go with these numbers but his walk rate is way up his k's are way down he's he's hitting 375 and it's not necessarily with a, a huge babbit i mean his babbit right now is 375 but i think he could be like a, a 305 babbit guy uh Excuse me, I got the numbers uh, flipped. His Babbitt is actually 325, and he's hitting 375. So he could potentially be a 330, like a 315 to 330 hitter with 15 to 17 homers and the same on the steel side. So, I mean, Hayward potentially could be like having that Zombino-type breakout like uh, resurgence excuse me uh so i i mean i'm grabbing them where i can i don't i don't necessarily i'm not like putting 100 you know i'm not saying 100 percent. he's definitely there but he's better than he's been in many years yeah Ian, what are your thoughts on hayward yeah i I feel really the same way about hayward i picked him up last thursday in my friends and family espn league it's a 12 team uh, head-to-head non-points league, and I grabbed him. I was like, "Look, it's it's for real." You know, you think you think. I mean, for real with caveat upon caveat, the way Gray is saying. But it's you free. know, it's yeah, it's essentially free. And if he comes back to the guy that he was when he was playing for the Atlanta Braves uh, with that kind of power-speed mix, and you're getting them for for pennies on the dollar. Uh, he he could be pretty darn good. He he sort of seems what I was just talking about before about Freddie Galvis. Also true with Jason Hayward. You know, in in the acting world, a young actor comes out and makes a big splash for himself, and then disappears for five years. And then you know somebody like Brian Cranston. We were talking about Breaking Bad. You know, he did Malcolm in the Middle, goes away for a little while, and then comes back and does Breaking Bad. Jason Hayward. I mean, sometimes you need to take a few steps back, and we he's been a butt of every joke in fantasy baseball over the course of the last three years. But I saw him hit a home run the other, the other day um, where he took one out to left center field. And and I was like, wow, look at that. I mean, of course the ball is very juiced for sure. It seems, Um, but he's taking advantage of it. And he seems to be bad with juice balls before too. Right. That's right. And and he sort of, he sort of come, he's coming into his own and who knows, he could be a special player this year. He's definitely worth a risk. I got him for, $29 $29 out of a thousand. And I was really happy to uh, secure him at least in one spot. Yeah. I'm going to stay with you for a second here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Lau? Well, first thing is I, think I, just I acquired found... Lau from you last year, actually in RDI. I think one you did. We, we picked him up uh, off the wire um, because Lau was just uh, roping in triple a and James Anderson, who's sort of like my boy, my partner, and he's just like, we're picking up Brandon Lau. I said, okay, we're picking up Brandon Lau. So we picked up Brandon Lau, and he just continued to grow. And then he comes up last season and struggles terribly. And, you know, that's a great time to buy. It's like Scott Kingery just got moved in that league today. And it's it's not a bad time to buy in a dynasty league on a guy like Scott Kingery, who the year before was being drafted in the eighth round, and now you can get for a 23rd round, you know, sort of spot. Uh, that's how I feel about Lau. I thought I don't remember exactly what that trade was that we made. Um, it was one of my closers. I know I traded yeah. hand. I traded uh, Cody Allen another one. That's right. Yeah. So maybe it was. Hopefully it was for hand and not for Cody Allen. Jeez. Um, but <laughs> right. Uh, but it was. Uh, I think. I think there's something there. I mean, I think that the hit tool is there. Mm. He's got power. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna run. And I think they like him. And I think they're gonna find time and space for him. So I'm. I'm keen on Brandon Lau moving forward. Great. What are your thoughts on Lau? 
Oh, uh, I was, I just was uh, flipping over to the Malcolm Gladwell podcast. Um, Effing shot. Yeah, no, it's fine. I don't know. Whatever Ian said. Boring. No, I'm, I'm playing. I, I agree with him. I think, uh, you know, I, we've talked about him in the past. I like the, uh, the next guy a ton. So I, I like know. to talk about him. I was serving him. I, would, I was serving like him up for you. I like to talk about him. I like to talk Hunter about Dozier. him. Hunter like Dozier. Talking about hour. Dozier. <laughs> yeah, talk to me. Talk to okay. about Hunter Dozier, so, right? I, so I don't know. Like again, like I don't. At what point do uh, exit velocities like stabilize? Do we know? Like fifty? Do we say like fifty uh, events? Do we know? Thirty, thirty, fifty? I'm asking. Anyone? I I throw. I kind of go. I I kind of go off of fifty to sixty. Like I, I think in that range, you, you have a okay, decent so sample of like balls in play. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a solid. So it's still early. Okay, but right now, I the exit the top of the exit velocity charts are pretty sweet. I mean, there's not a ton of fluky guys right now. Like, there's Aaron Judge is there, Mankata, uh, Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, Rendon, Just Dong Martinez, Pete Alonzo, my baby boo, and then Hunter Dozier. What? 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 Seriously. Hunter Dozier is hitting the crap out of the ball right now. Supposedly, he's got a new approach, and... It's paying dividends, maybe. I don't know. I'm like, I'm pumped up about Hunter Dozier. So he's hitting the ball hard, barreling it up, as they say. And he's got four homers now in 14 games. Uh, rough math. He's going to hit 40 plus homers. That's it. There's my call, Hunter <laughs> Dozier. I uh, no, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm slightly teasing, but. For four homers in 14 games and the exit velocity and all the, uh, you know, the peripherals are backing it up. So I'm like, maybe, I, obviously, I don't think the homer per fly, I mean, the homer per fly ball <coughs> is only at 17% right now. That's really not very high if a guy is going to, you know, like he is on pace right now. For 40 plus, like I jokingly said, but I wouldn't be shocked if he hits 27 plus homers right now. And I think you can get Hunter Dozier for literally nothing. And Dozier is really interesting. And if you really dig in on the stack cast, as you said, he's got some good exit velocities, hit the ball hard. One of the things, you know, he was one of these few guys that had this combination of skills. One of the other guys is Tyler O'Neill. I think Dozier's hit tool at this point is better than O'Neill's. He's older, you know, had more experience, etc. Speed, sprint speed wise, Hunter Dozier is actually pretty fast. He has the same sprint speed as Lorenzo Kane, Tommy Pham, and Starling Marte. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. You know, at former Ryan O'Hearn. So he's going to hit 45 homers and steal 12 bags. And we're going to be like, Hunter Dozier is really Paul Goldschmidt. Oops. My mistake. I didn't know you went with it. What? Oh my God! Seriously, where are you at with him, Ian? Hey, Ian, if that's really your name, where are you at with Hunter Dozier? That's actually my name. Um, Where where are you at with him? Jesus! Dozier to me has the great has a great opportunity, uh, partially because O'Hearn, who had such a phenomenal last six weeks last year, hit like 13 home runs and 160 at bats, uh, has really struggled coming out of the gate this year. Uh, which has been challenging, but it's opening the door for Dozier. And uh, he, you know, we we don't really know where he's going to end up, but certainly what he's looking at right now is pretty impressive. I, I think he's a little bit more expensive. Seriously, if this is if this blanket is any wetter, get it off of me and get it off of Hunter Dozier. Get your wet blanket off of Hunter Dozier, please. Yeah, yeah it's, that's what I got on Dozier. Yeah, I, I've always been a bigger uh, Dozier guy than I, I have been um... – uh, you know, her and I'm, I've never really been on that train at all. Uh, sticking with the Royals here, let's talk a little Dick Lovelady. Richard Lovelady <laughs> came up, um, you know, not necessarily super hyped, but I think people that were in the know, I know I've written about him a little bit. We've written about him a little bit, discussed him a lot over at Prospects Live. Um, lefty, you know, throws mid-90s or so. I think, you know, he sits like maybe 92 to 94, touches 95 at times. He's got a great slider. Um, he came up, and I think some folks were sort of under the impression that he was 
the best talent in the in the Royals pen. And I think it's an argument that could potentially be made. Gray, do you have any thoughts on uh, on Dick Love Lady? I think the argument is made by Ian Kennedy, Brad Boxberger, <laughs> Willie Peralta. I mean, the argument's getting made by the other guys more than Dick Lovelady so far. I think Dick Lovelady's sure. uh, e- ERA is like over 16. But I do, I like, it's only in Yes, he had a rough day. His first outing. He had a rough outing. Um, yeah, no, I like him a lot. I, I We should, we should uh, just do a quick group of him and... Uh, Nick Anderson, the new uh, Marlins uh, reliever call-up. Which one would you take if you were specking for saves in a 12-team or deeper league? I would go Anderson. I would go Anderson there. Yeah, I'm impressed by his his numbers. I mean, he's coming out. Um, Although, for the Royals, I think you're going to win more games. Um, But you you have an interesting story, Ralph, about – uh, watching him in the minors and and some scout that you mentioned you were mentioning earlier. No, yeah, I wasn't even I wasn't I didn't see him at all. He wasn't on any circuits that I'm ever able to catch. But uh, I I was talking with a Royal Scout last summer at a Justin Dunn start. This guy had been uh, tracking Dunn for a few weeks. He was he was moved um, uh, from the Mets uh, to the the Mariners in the uh, uh, the Robinson Cano deal. If you guys don't know, and love that. Trip. So this guy's we're we're going back and forth. We're talking about different Royals prospects, just different prospects in general. Dunn, you know what he's throwing, and he says, "Hey, this is guy Richard Lovelady. You got to check him out. You got he's a reliever, but he's going to be great." So um, one of those things where they just kind of drop it in the middle of a conversation, like that's odd. We looked him up. It kind of seems somewhat pedestrian, but then you watch him throw, and I mean, you know, he's got deception. He's a lefty. He's got velocity, and he's got the he's got the fu breaking ball. So I think I I think there's an opportunity there that you know this could be a dominant potential reliever but we'll see it remains to be seen it could be just are you uh picking him up, are speed. you picking up uh nick anderson everywhere just for uh mr uh, for middle relief uh ratio stabilization or ralph yeah uh no not really i i gotta be yeah. honest I, i'm not yeah. totally on yeah. the nick anderson train i'm kind of off of like marlin's relievers in general yeah, I had, yeah. Uh, I had Sergio Romo in like way too many leagues. Uh, I had Streck and Ryder like, in too many re- leagues, so I hear uh, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm it's, fucking, it's a fucking nightmare. That entire Marlin and Mattingly's an idiot. I mean, the whole thing is a mess. I just look <sighs> at these strikeout numbers. Anyway, I mean, he's striking <laughs> know, out. The strikeout numbers the are strikeout ridiculous. Strikeout numbers are for really... people who are because he's a, kind of an unfamiliar name. So Nick Anderson is a Marlins call up, uh, middle reliever. He has 17 innings and he's got a uh, near 19K per nine and a 1.17 <laughs> ERA, which is, I mean, as you can tell, I mean, it's, it's humorous. It's so ridiculous. I mean, he's seven and two thirds. 16. 16 Ks in seven and two thirds innings. I mean, we're talking like Josh Hader when he first came up type numbers. So if anyone's out there looking for a middle reliever, I could totally see the Nick Anderson play. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fine with it in any league, really, if you're looking for some Ks. But if you're specking on saves, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get the saves there. Maybe because Romo. Maybe. And second rider and Connolly are just kind of like whatever, really. I went I mean, for Connolly. They're, they're nothing I went, special. I went yeah. for Connolly not this past week, but the week before. I picked him up in in a number of different leagues, and he just just ugh, exploded and just did a terrible job. Oh, that's um, the worst. Oh man, you pick him up with the idea, especially in this head-to-head league where closers are so very valuable. I had Corey Guerin this bad week, so I hear you. Yeah, that's the that's the. <laughs> That's the, the danger. Twelve. Yeah, man. Well, Nick it's... Anderson is uh, Nick Anderson is so unknown. I googled Nick Anderson ESPN and I came back with a basketball player. Sure. <laughs> He's been yeah, retired for like fifteen years. Uh, yeah, he was so, he was good. Yeah. He was, <laughs> so this... but he's been retired a while. So yeah, Orlando Magic. Yeah, you know, popular Kenny. Nick Anderson is. I like I like Kenny Anderson better, but I don't know. That's just me. Uh, all right, I want I want to ask about a couple of arms here. Before we move on, uh, you have Eric Swanson. I think you dropped that one in here, Gray. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Ian. Do you have any thoughts on Eric Swanson? I know you're a Yankees fan. He's a former Yankees prospect. Got dealt 
over the course of uh, the off season um, with fan. Justice oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> full oh on God. too. It just keeps getting worse. Oh my yeah. God, we should have ended this shit 20 minutes ago. Oh You're, so right. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. I like. Uh, I like. Uh, yeah, the Yankees. I grew up a Yankee fan, and my dad grew up in Washington Heights, New York. <laughs> like a real meathead. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's dead, you know. Uh, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. Um, it wasn't my fault. I didn't no, 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 no. That's true. But he grew up in Washington Heights. So when I was born in 1972, and then in 77, one of my first memories is is my dad telling my older brother, myself, and my my younger brother wasn't born yet, uh, to stay up for uh, the World Series Game Six and remembering uh, Reggie hitting the three home runs. So that was sort of the birth that's of my, my but first, I went through that's the Steve camp my years. first, uh, that's my first baseball memory too. Reggie was my, he was my hero. I actually thought Reggie was my father for like 10 years of my life <laughs> when I was really young. Boy, I tell you, We're Reggie. exposing a lot of shit right now in my and, psyche. <laughs> and let's, let's just go full circle here. Your mother-in-law went to high school with Reggie Jackson, didn't she? My, no, my, that's me. Yeah, that's great. That's what I'm saying. Your mother in law went to high Ian. school, Reggie Jackson. No, you no said I said Ian. you. I said you. I said oh. you. Because <laughs> you had just talked, Greg. Not Ian. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're you're right. My uh my mother in law was a uh Mother Coogs was a cheerleader and she used to cheer on uh Reggie when he played football. Yeah. Um, he was a big yeah. football player. Yeah, so yeah, uh in Pen in Pensy. Um, so yeah, they were, um, they were friends, uh, probably, I made the, uh, uh, the maneuver like you're having sex if people can't see me. Um, so I, I personally, I still love Reggie. I, I moved off of the Yankees. Oh my God. We're so going off topic, but I moved off the Yankees. All right, I'll bring you back. Like in, Swanson. In 90s, nah, that's in like, it's his in guy like anyway. In the mid-90s, like when they started buying championships, I was like, this is stupid. Whoa. I was just, I was wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold up. Hold the phone. Oh, man. In the so mid- you fucking brought out the Yankee fan. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. God. It's just not, it's not, it's not actually oh. accurate. Anytime the Yankees yeah, tried to buy, anytime anytime the Yankees tried to buy a championship, they failed brilliantly at it uh, wow. in the early eighties. Well, yeah, but that's miserable. And like, right, right, right. Well, that's not the mid nineties, Gray. That's that's two thousand and three, two thousand four. Okay, no, I, I exaggerate so, by the, saying the mid nineties. Well, no, it's just not still, appropriate. It's not right. With the Yankees, mid nineties. No, you're right. right. It was inaccurate. Fake news. It was like. Early two thousands when yeah. they started like really tough. that shit, it was like, Oh come on, this is not a Yankee team anymore. It's true. Like when Jason you're yeah. you're absolutely right. When Gian, Jason, when they signed Giambi, Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it was so it was at that point I just was like, I'm done with the Yankees and plus I had moved to LA, so I was like, Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were saying about Eric Swanson. You say about Eric Swanson's your boy. What do you, what okay. do you say about Eric Swanson? Okay. okay. So here's here's the deal, a deal with Eric Swanson. Donkey Teeth, a writer for Razzball, also a, a very good guy, um, and as well an animal uh, part on his, uh, the animal part on his uh, mouth. Uh, donkey Teeth is a uh, writer of Razzball, and he said, "Pick up Eric Swanson." in your deeper leagues so i was like ah so i was like okay if donkey teeth is telling me you know like you gotta listen to when donkey teeth talks because that's really all he can do because he's teeth so i looked at swanson's numbers and i was like you know what that's actually not a terrible call like i i didn't go just strictly on donkey teeth i went and looked at his uh stats and stuff and i was like yeah i mean he has a what mid mid 90s fastball he's got a decent slider or uh, or some fucking breaking pitch and he can have like a nine plus k rate he's got okay command and he's gonna get a little bit of run because you know they they called him up to fill in for wade leblanc so in a deeper league, like an AL only or a, um, you know, maybe 15 team or deeper, I could see a Swanson fab bid, like super cheap to see what happens. I'm not totally sold on him. I, I was actually, you know, just like, yeah, fuck it, Eric Swanson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And DePoto likes him a lot. I know in like every interview I've heard with Jerry DePoto in the offseason, he's talked about Eric Swanson. And uh, he's kind of a two-pitch guy, but I think ultimately, you know, he controls his stuff pretty well, and the fastball is good, and the breaking ball is not bad. Right. Um, You can see see a guy with his arsenal being like one of those guys who has like a a month and a half run where it's like, holy shit, Eric Swanson. Do we add him, Greg? Do we add him? Do we add Eric Swanson? Like you can see his stuff playing up for like the first six weeks before anyone's seen him, right? Or he might figure it out in like a year. He just needs to get his time in. Um, Pitchers are funny, man, you know? (laughs) Pitchers are funny. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I play play in a lot of different formats. Not always the the redraft. (laughs) Hey, all right, let's move on. Let's do something else here. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the players, big names that are off to slow starts that I think, you know, potentially could bounce back or they might be guys that you think you should sell. The first name I'm going to throw out here to the both of you, we'll let Ian go first here. Aaron Nola. What do you do right now if you're an Aaron Nola owner, Ian? You pray, because after what he did again tonight, <laughs> it's just not in the ballpark of positivity at this point. Um, and I invested pretty heavily in Nola this offseason, uh, trying to get younger and dominant with the pitching staff. And right now, he's looking like a, he's really looking like a strong disappointment. Um so, uh, but you can't sell, certainly in a dynasty league, you're not going to sell them at this point uh, in a redraft. I mean, it, it's a little early to sell anybody right now, um, without it being a, uh, you know, I mean, if you're, again, if you're in a keeper league or in a dynasty league and you're looking at a rebuild and you want to move Aaron Nola to get yourself some strong prospects and you can get 90 cents on the dollar, that's fine. But don't actually don't sell for anything less than 90 cents on the dollar because he could find himself in warmer weather and pitching better and uh, bring more success because that team is going to be good. And they're going to be a lot of wins in his future, but it's taken him a minute now. And it's uh it's certainly a little concerning. Uh, Gray, I don't think we have to, you know, go back and forth with each person. I want to throw you up another meatball, take a little victory lap on Jose Ramirez. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I was so off of Jose. See, Ian doesn't know because he's never he's never opened the Rasball page before. Yeah, he probably doesn't even know what <laughs> podcast he's on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna inform uh, Ian and the rest of the viewers who just happen to stumble on the podcast because they're listening to it because Ian retweeted our podcast link like he has to do because he's on there. So anyway, so Jose Ramirez was a guy I told everyone to avoid. Now, you can go back and you can read my preseason rankings. You can go back and listen to the podcast from back in February. I told people there was very concerning signs in his second half last year. Yeah. And mainly his fly ball rate. He is hitting literally everything in the air. And when you hit 375 foot outs it is not good it's not good when you're hitting everything in the air and it's going to like mid-length on the outfield uh, uh grass like you're you're not in a good place and that was the that was exactly what i said in the preseason i was like yo if his fly ball rate stays where it is his babbit's never going to bounce back that means he's going to be a at best a 250 hitter and he doesn't have the kind of power where he can do that kind of that kind of fly ball. If he's doing that fly ball rate with his power, he's a 27 homer hitter with a 50 average. I said this repeatedly in the preseason, and I'm like, at this point, I feel like you should pray, eat, pray, love that he even gets to my preseason projections because I don't even know if he's going to get there at this point because the, the lineup in Cleveland's awful. And he's like in the worst kind of funk. So I, I'm not buying. I'm not buying low. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. He's he's just a tough own. I think at this point you got to ride it out and hope that you know something eventually happens. Uh, other guy that you threw on here, Gray, and I'll uh, I'll ask you about him, Thor. What do you do right now with oh, Thor, me. man? Oh, I'm, I'm not all that worried, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, no, I was uh, I. Actually, I was watching the uh, Mets Phillies tonight. We're taping this on, uh, and uh, I was looking at the game with Nola and Syndergaard, and Nola was getting like singled to death. So you know, tacking on to what Ian said earlier, I, 
I mean, I'm, I told everyone to avoid Nola and Syndergaard in the preseason. So I don't own these guys. But if you do own them, I actually wouldn't be that concerned. I feel like Syndergaard was a little bit wild uh, in his, like, his start tonight. Uh, he was just, like, kind of, he was missing. I mean, literally, that was his biggest problem. His velocity was there. I'm not as concerned about Syndergaard as I am about Nola, and I'm – Kind of not really that concerned about Noli either. I feel like they're gonna get, they're gonna they're a little bit of buy low. It's a, like minor. I'm not really a guy who likes to go out and get uh, ace number ones. So I'm not. I wouldn't be buying them. But if you feel like you need a number one pitcher, I feel like Syndergaard may be a little bit underrated right now. I, I think he's gonna. I think he'll be okay. He's 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 getting unlucky, and his I, his wildness is hurting him. Yeah, and I I love Syndergaard. I really do. And actually, that's a guy who I would consider buying low on right now. Uh, his his velocity is just – he's such a dominant presence on that mound. I also think it's cold still, and I think we watched yeah. – you. Dar- I watched Darvish tonight. And watching Darvish the last couple of starts has been, like, heartbreaking because I just always find myself owning you, Darvish, at whatever level of getting a good buy that I get. He comes at a great price. Always comes at such a great price with such upside. You know, you could be looking at 220 strikeouts from a guy like that. And so watching his first two starts and he's dancing around the edges and he's throwing, you know, breaking balls that are – he's walking five guys. and And his velocity was topping out at maybe 94. Well, tonight he's in Miami, and he's he's still not wearing any undershirt, which the other night in Chicago was like 48 degrees, he's not wearing an undershirt. Schmuck, as my people say. And so tonight he was up to 97, 98. And I said, well, all right, if you're going to throw 97, 98, and then you start throwing your, your stuff, I, I just think that that has something to do with what's going on early in the season. Because, the, the, you know, you have on the list here that every top 10 pitcher – you know, is struggling. And, and there's a certain amount of truth to that. And I think we'll know better May 15th. I think that'll be a time where we can really know. So a guy like Syndergaard, who I believe in, I like the Mets this year. I love that trade, the Justin Dunn, uh, Kalanick trade. I love that trade for the Mets. I really do. I think Cano yeah. brings so much to the oh, table. I love, so much. I love so much about Kalanick's, like in general. I, I, would recommend them friends. Yeah. Wait, are we talking about the same thing? No, we're talking Jared Kalenic, but oh. Kalonics too. Hey man, he's oh, in LA. It's actually, it's, it's, oh, it's actually right, right, right. <laughs> But he's uh he's it, I'm sorry, what is what is the pronunciation there? It's actually Kelnick. You don't say the other E. Ah, there you go. Uh, Kelnick. Um, so I, I thought that that was a really awesome trade. I remember that the night of that trade, Alex Cushing, I don't know if you guys know Cushing. He's one of the best fantasy players, uh, redraft and dynasty that I, I've ever come in contact with. And he's have a huge Have you ever fan. mentioned me anywhere else? Like, have you ever gone on another podcast and mentioned me? Like, well, I, I think... understand. You're just like telling about, talking about everyone else. What about me? <laughs> I, we, we, I think we talked about your childhood tonight, Gray. I think we discussed your, your situation with your mom. We talked about what was going on with your wife. We talked about your stepdad. Your microphone. We, okay. we talked about Fair your enough. microphone. We, we, we've had a okay. good amount of time. Okay. And I was actually very good. Yeah, so the, 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 the point I was making about Cushing was he calls me in this, like, concern, like, like, this is the dumbest dude, so crazy. I said, look, it's essentially giving up Justin Dunn and the sixth pick in the draft, because that's where Kelnick would be going. And you get the the best closer in baseball under control for another four years and a decent contract on Robinson Cano because you're sending a $10 million Swarzak back, back. And I said, I think it's the dawning of a new age. That being said, I think the Mets have something going this year. And I think that yeah. um, I, I, I just uh, I'm a believer. You're not worried about is so handsome. I mean, I'm just like fucking memorized over here. I we. Uh... I mean, we should jump over to a hitter or two that's been struggling because I feel like we've hit those pitchers. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we beat the pitchers to death here. And yeah. uh, let's just pick two out. I want to ask you about – you already mentioned Peraza. What about Puig? Puig is still struggling, man. I know he had a homer. And the other guy I want to ask you about, I want to discuss with you too, is, is Chris Bryant. But – Oh, yeah. talk about, about oh my God, Chris Bryant's, Chris Bryant's like the bane of my existence. I don't know why I went back in on him. Um, Puig, see, here, well, here's a, uh, a, a related point about Puig, but a little bit of a tangent. They were talking about how he was going back to L.A., and the L.A. Times wrote this whole, like, 
quote-unquote expose about Puig and how he wasn't really a team player when he was here, which is such bullshit. That's like when you go and you start fan-mouthing your ex, like, after you guys break. It's like, what? Like, all of a sudden, you're doing an expose on Puig not being a team player and showing up, like, late for team meetings. Like, that stuff on, matters. Man. No, that stuff. I'm firmly on the other side of that. Like, after the fact, I'm saying nah. you, you, you air that shit during it or you don't, need, or you don't bring it up after. You they, don't bring they... it up when he comes back. He's coming yeah. back to L.A. for the first time since he got traded. Or he didn't get traded. He got he signed with uh, Cincy. No, but... he got traded. No, he got traded. He got traded. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was right the first time. Anyway, so he gets traded to Cincy. He comes back for the first time. And you're going to put this, like, 2,200-word 20, uh, article in the LA Times about how Puig isn't a uh, isn't a guy who wasn't a team player. That's like bullshit, man. I don't know. That pissed me off. Anyway, I do feel like Puig's a little bit of a head case, and <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily like, I, I feel like he hits when he wants to hit, and if he's tuned in, he can be a guy who can go like, he can hit 360 for like six weeks and get 15 homers in six weeks. And other times, he just tunes out. I mean, he's just like, he's a he's a head case. I mean, I love him, though. I do love Puig, but he's just like, he's he's just not, he, he just doesn't like, I don't think he tunes in all the time. It's a, he's, the a, he's a bad, he's a bad like, teammate. He's a bad he ball is. player to have on a team. He is, uh, he is. He, but, you know, he, I, I'm just saying, you don't air that shit right when the guy yeah. returns. But! But, yeah. but, but, time out, but, but he's, he's also like so talented. And I think that's why the projection systems always love him because every year, you know, steamer is always like, oh yeah, he's going to go, uh, 30, 18, 300 or something. Like every well, year, every year steamer loves Puig, um, which is, you know, rat. You know, Rasball has a deal with Steamer, so I'm not bad mouthing Steamer. I'm just saying I think that's coming from the fact that he is so talented when he like puts it all together. It's just I don't think he's necessarily always there putting it together. Yeah, now, Brian, I'm worried about with the injury in the shoulder. Um, but yeah, Ian, you want to say about Puig? Yeah, about Puig. So I, I I talked a little bit about this on Under the Radar, which is uh, the athletic show that I do with Nando and Derek. Please be a subscriber. I think there's a 40% off at the time. And we talked a little bit about Puig. And we talked about character and how when I'm building my teams, I'm always looking at character because over the course of 162 games, something like the move that he pulled two weeks ago uh, or a week and a half ago with uh, Pittsburgh, where he basically was all – I saw this online, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but it was like Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones where he's coming out there and he's going to fight everybody. And then, you know, that's the kind of dumb, that's the kind of dumb Hunter Strickland bull that to me is, is, does not, does not work over the course of 162 games because he's going to get himself with a, with a torn meniscus because he's fighting 16 guys. And then all of a sudden, a guy that I spent a sixth round draft pick on is now on my bench, not for some baseball injury, but for a knucklehead injury. So for me, please. As he's that's what he's the king of the knuckleheads. He for, is the king of the knuckleheads. So I love for, knuckleheads though. I really right. do enjoy, I mean, I enjoy knuckleheads. I'm probably a knucklehead. So I I like knuckleheads, but I do feel like there's nothing there's nothing to point to that can say, oh yeah, please a buy low because of this. And he's going to come out of it because of that. There's right. there's no rhyme or reason with Puig. He's either going to hit or he's not. And you have to buy in that he's going to get hot during the summer or something, but there's no reason to say he's definitely going to. I mean, he's just such a head case, <laughs> but he's yeah. great. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brian, gonna... I'm, Brian, I'm legitimately All scared right. on, though. Chris Bryan, I feel like, is a <laughs> just an injury. Wait, I mean, I don't know if he's really gotten over his shoulder injury is the problem. So I, there's nothing else really to say on Brian. That's my biggest problem there. Well, yeah, I think it. I think you know, there's a couple things you could say. I think that might be indicative of you know what's going on with his batted ball contact. His ground ball rate is above fifty percent. You know, he's yeah. a sub thirty percent fly ball guy. Where and that's the question. Where did the power go with this guy? I mean, it seemed like you know in his MVP season he had sort of put it together. The approach had gotten honed because that was some of the questions, the swing and miss stuff. 
you saw him take that next step and we figured this was a superstar this was a cornerstone player for the the cubs for a decade sure and now we're you know he's taking a significant step back in terms of his production but i just think you know how fearsome he is when you look at that lineup you don't you're not as scared of brian anymore you know there's other guys i mean shit i think i'm probably more scared to pitch to schwarber if i'm a pitcher right now or contreras right now Bryant, you yeah know? or contreras well, certainly contreras and you know and of course hobby Baez. but yeah, yeah so ian yeah, what are your thoughts I, on Brian? i hear you man i mean me uh I don't know. You're Ian. You're a movie guy. You think there's anything to the, like the uh, vice versa, like Chris Bryant mm-hmm. and Jason Hayward uh, got uh. like some sort of voodoo curse and <laughs> they've switched bodies in some like weird. No, I, you know, pointing like, Spider Man. I, yeah. I, I got, I got so, like, off. Maybe of... they both peed in a fountain at the same time and they switched like auras. I think his auras. shoulder hurts. I think, and yeah. I think he's taken. I think that? he's taken a step. You were talking More. earlier, Gray, about confidence, and I think yeah. that there's something. There's, there's a lot to that, and I think that he's really struggling. And there was something about him. I, I watched a video of him. Um, and there's something about him I, I didn't love. Like there's a guy who I don't who who is just not a great closer in David Robertson. And the reason I always say he's not a great closer is because every time he closes a game, he breathes really heavily. Like, whew, oh my god, I can't believe I got through that. And so for me, he's a really good seventh or eighth inning guy, but he's not a closer. With Bryant, there's something about him that, you know, I remember when he first came out, he had that first rookie of the year. It was unbelievable. It was, I think he won the MVP the following year. It's swagger. But, yeah, and that swagger's yeah. gone now. And he's yeah. kind of, it's it's like it's like they, they won the World Series, and they've all kind of turned back into Clark Kent. And Chris Bryant is... Is a is a really interesting example of that though I was in on him in a redraft this year and I kind of wanted to get him um, and I was like now is the time I mean if he's going to come back yeah. I think I think now would be the time yeah. so I'm not I'm not fully out on Bryant and but but there's something I traded him in a dynasty league two years ago I think I told you this earlier Ralph I traded Bryant two years ago in a dynasty league for a nice little package of players. Um, with Robles as the as the centerpiece of it, I believe. And at the time, people were like, I can't believe you're giving up Brian. I was like, something about him. I kind of want to get out from under it. And uh, I kind of tend to trust. Sometimes I'm dead wrong, of course, but I, I try to tend to trust those instincts. Let me throw, let me throw out you. Let me throw a trade scenario. Uh, Will Myers or Chris Bryant right now? Redraft. Redraft, yeah, right? Redraft. Yeah, redraft. No, well, it's very similar. You know, I might I know, almost go. I, I might almost. Yeah. I might almost go Myers uh, here. I might almost go Myers here, actually, wow. uh, for just this year, third wow. base and outfield because of the speed. You know, because he's gonna. Wow. St- he could steal you twenty bases. Wow. And they're letting him run, and I mean the lineup yeah. is actually pretty good. Ballpark's better than it's been uh, after they move the fences in the way it plays now. Um, yeah, I still think. I still think the the approach there. I still lean, I still lean Brian a little bit, but I know it's probably stupid based on this this current iteration. Not stupid. Chris Bryant, it's it's you know? a it's a it's a wide yeah, it's I a saw, good it's question. It's a good question. It's I don't like think right I down make that the trade, middle. Though, if I own Myers. Yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't move I don't make the deal, but if I can pick up one of the two guys for ten bucks off of Fab, I don't know. But I think right I might here. go. You're right here. You're right here, and you're saying it right now at this moment. But then in two weeks, when Will Myers gets hurt, because he always gets hurt, and you're like, exactly. Chris Bryant's now heating up. Will Myers is hurt for six weeks. Man, that question that Gray posed wasn't that obvious at the time. Well, you think you think it's for sure Bryant then? No, <laughs> I don't. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think it is difficult. No, I think yeah. it's a tough call. Yeah. I, I do. That's why I asked it. But I, I do, I do lean Bryant still. But I, yeah, do I get feel that. Like it could be. It could be either way. I mean, it really point, could. Which is really scary because Bryant was going like five rounds before. However, however, if we look back at the pedigree, they were both at the same no, spot in the prospect right. ratings. Back in 2011, Will Myers was yeah. the number one prospect in baseball for the Kansas City Royals. And then That's Chris right. Bryant was the number one prospect in baseball for the Chicago Cubs. What I find is with trades, like if I'm going to make that move, like do I trade – Brian to get Myers probably not because if I do and it doesn't work out is it worth it if I do I trade uh, Myers to get Brian or whatever the, the opposite of it no probably not like I gotta kind of want to have the other guy much more to take that risk on it I think because otherwise just hold you know so if you have Bryant keep Brian if you have Myers keep Myers um, I kind of do like Myers though I have to admit uh, you know he does steal bases 
And that's uh, yeah. that, that means something today in today's day. Yeah, no, no I, I hear you. That's always like, that's the funny thing that like, when people ask like a question like Will Myers or Chris Bryant, and then they're like, I, you know, it's the kind of like a, it's a, it's a push in a way that's like, whoever you have, just keep them because. Yeah, like you were no, saying earlier. Like, there's no clear, like there's no reason, like you're over managing at a certain point. It's like, yeah, just keep those guys. But if you matter. have Christian Yelich and he had another three home run game tonight. <laughs> I know. I'd, I'd, I'd keep that guy. And there's people fading him in the preseason, too. People were like, I don't know. Like, I think Chris, uh, Christian Yelich has to win the MVP like three years in a row before people like believe his uh, power because his ground ball rate is high. So they're like, I don't know if he can really do it again, Gray. I don't know. Well, I saw his first <laughs> home run tonight. I don't know who. His first home run tonight, if that was back in Miami, that would have been a double off the wall. It would have been. It was. Yeah, it yeah. was a home run to left center field, yeah. and that would have been. I, that would have been a double off the wall. So yeah. I think I, everyone was yeah, talking he about did. this. He got it in the. Uh, it was the uh, um, uh, American Bank Deck Check Bank. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But, I don't know. They have like the worst stadium name now. It's like uh, Check Bank Deck. De- the Deck Check Bank. Of America or something. I don't even know. I, yeah. I, I really don't know. But wow, what a night. But right? wow, but wow. What on a that night. note. <laughs> I was going to say, on that note, let's wrap up the show. <laughs> Ian, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'll give you a second to sort of tell people where they can find you on Twitter. You want to plug your, you know, stuff you're working on, etc. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, I'm, I'm uh, contributing. Uh, Dynasty contributor over at Rotowire, so I do the rankings over there for for Dynasty League, which, which in so many ways is really my biggest passion. As I, Ralph and I play in a Dynasty League together, and I, I love Dynasty Leagues. I love trading. Uh, I love ranking players, and I love thinking about you know how how players grow, and that's one of the most fun parts about fantasy baseball to me. And I'm also doing this podcast, as I said, I think this is the third time, but hey, you know, there's a plug for you, as Ringo Starr would say. Um, Nando DeFino, Derek Van Riper, and I are doing a show under the radar, uh, and it's really behind the paywall at The Athletic. So if you're an Athletic subscriber, give it a shot. If not, maybe buy it for, 40, I think it's 40% off, and you get some of the best writers, and you get to hang out with a knucklehead like me uh, every Wednesday, and you get to hang listen to Nando DeFino and Derek Van Riper, who are really smart so uh if you have a chance uh <laughs> give give us a listen thanks and uh and you can uh, catch me on twitter at iancon4 uh, i tend to uh to answer all questions so if you have any dynasty questions uh, i'd be really happy to answer all right craig anything you want to say to the peoples uh late step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.